Brothers and sisters, I invite you to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the Song of Solomon. The Song of Solomon, chapter 2. The Song of Solomon, chapter 2, and beginning in verse 8. And he who has ears to hear, let him hear. The voice of my beloved, behold, he comes leaping over the mountains, bounding over the hills. My beloved is like a gazelle or a young stag. Behold, there he stands behind our wall, gazing through the windows, looking through the lattice. My beloved speaks and says to me, arise, my love, my beautiful one, and come away. For behold, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth, the time of singing has come, and the voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. The fig tree ripens its figs, and the vines are in blossom. They give forth fragrance. Arise, my love, my beautiful one, and come away. O my dove, in the clefts of the rock, in the crannies of the cliff, Let me see your face, let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. Catch the foxes for us, the little foxes that spoil the vineyards, for our vineyards are in blossom. My beloved is mine and I am his, he grazes among the lilies, until the day breathes and the shadows flee. Turn, my beloved, be like a gazelle or young stag on the cleft of the mountains. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your full revelation that you have given us in sacred scripture in 66 books. Lord, and we know that all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable. So beneficial for every single area of our lives. Father, I am aware, we are aware that the preacher needs help. Give the preacher help. Let your Spirit use the preacher to rightly divide the word of truth and magnify Christ, and and bring God glory. God, we pray, get glory. Save those that are yours, and encourage your people, we pray, great God. In Jesus' name, amen. The book of the Song of Solomon was authored by King Solomon, the son of King David. And Solomon wrote this poetic romance under the power of, of the Holy Spirit. Please turn with me to the first verse of the Song of Solomon. Song of Solomon, chapter 1, verse 1. The Song of Songs, which is Solomon's. Again, King Solomon is the writer of this book. Please turn with me to 1 Kings, chapter 4. Back in our Bibles, 
1 Kings chapter 4. And looking at verse 32 through 34. He also spoke 3,000 proverbs, and his songs were 1,005. He spoke of trees, from the cedar that is in Lebanon to the hyssop that grows out of the wall. He spoke also of beasts and of birds and of reptiles and of fish. And people of all nations came to hear the wisdom of Solomon and from all the kings of the earth who had heard of his wisdom. We know that the Lord blessed King Solomon with wisdom. Please look at 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 29, moving up a few verses. And God gave Solomon wisdom. 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 29. And God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding beyond measure, and breath of mind like the sand of the seashore, so that Solomon's wisdom surpassed the wisdom of all the people of the east and all the wisdom of Egypt. For he was wiser than all other men, wiser than Ethan the Ezrahite, and Heman, Calcol, Darda, and the sons of Mahol. And his fame was in all the surrounding nations. It is clearly outlined in sacred scripture how the kings of Israel were to behave. Please direct your attention now, moving back further in your Bibles, to the Pentateuch, Deuteronomy chapter 17. Deuteronomy chapter 17. Deuteronomy chapter 17, beginning in verse 14. When you come to the land that Yahweh your God is giving you, and you possess it and dwell in it, and then say, I will set a king over me, like all the nations that are around me, you may indeed set a king over you whom Yahweh your God will choose. One from among your brothers you shall set as king over you. You may not put a foreigner over you who is not your brother. Only he must not acquire many horses for himself, or cause the people to return to Egypt in order to acquire many horses, since Yahweh has said to you, you shall never return that way again. And he shall not acquire many wives for himself, lest his heart turn away, nor shall he acquire for himself excessive silver and gold. And when he sits on the throne of his kingdom, he shall write for himself in a book a copy of this law, approved by the Levitical priests, And it shall be with him, and he shall read it all the days of his life, that he may learn to fear Yahweh his God by keeping all the words of this law and the statutes and doing them, and that his heart may not be lifted up above his brothers, and that he may not turn aside from the commandment either to the right hand or to the left, so that he may continue long in his kingdom, he and his children in Israel." So if you are familiar with the life of King Solomon, you know that he would eventually build the temple to Yahweh. But he would dishonor the Lord greatly by disobeying Him by doing the following. He would marry Pharaoh's daughter, a pagan princess. He would accumulate a massive number of horses from Egypt and modern-day Turkey. He would amass tremendous wealth. We're told that Yahweh would bless Solomon with riches 
in 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 13, but Solomon amassed a massive amount of food and money from his countrymen. Having many lovers was also a great sin. He had 700 wives and 300 concubines. 1,000 women. I must add that many of these women were foreign. Since they were raised in paganism, they did not worship the one true God, Yahweh. These women turned Solomon's heart away from the Lord and led him into false pagan worship. Men and women, brothers and sisters, children, listen up as well, young people. If you are not currently married, do not seek a covenant with an unbeliever. Find a person who loves the Lord. If you both serve God, then get married. If the other person is born again, and you are born again, it will work out. Because your focus is God. Your focus is is Christ. When my wife and I began dating in high school, I was not a Christian. I also must add that I do not believe that dating is wise. I would advocate for courtship for the purpose of marriage. I actually took my wife away from attending service for a number of years. Be not unequally yoked with an unbeliever. So the image we see in Scripture is if two animals are working, if they're plowing a field, you're not going to put a little pony with a large mule equally yoked two Christians together. Because the the picture of marriage is Christ in the church. We have no right to marry a non-believer, an unbeliever. Your union first and foremost must be founded upon the rock of the Lord Jesus Christ. To my older, more mature brothers and sisters, be careful lest you fall. We learn in 1 Kings that Solomon was given over to false worship when he was old. When he was young, he was zealous. He was stronger, but when he was old, his wives took him away. If the wisest man after Outside of the Lord Jesus Christ is in a category in his own. He was the God-man. But the wisest human being, Solomon, could fall. So can you and I. Somebody needs to hear that today. (laughs) Please turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 11. 1 Kings chapter 11, directing your attention to verse 8. 1 Kings chapter 11, looking... Excuse me, directing your attention to verse 1. 1 Kings chapter 11, beginning in verse 1. Now King Solomon loved many foreign women, along with the daughter of Pharaoh, Moabite, Ammonite, Edomite, Sidonian, and Hittite women, from the nations concerning which Yahweh had said to the people of Israel, You shall not enter into marriage with them, neither they with you. For surely they will turn away your heart after their gods. Solomon 
clung to these in love. He had 700 wives who were princesses and 300 concubines. And his wives turned his heart away his heart. For when Solomon was old, his wives turned away his heart after other gods. And his heart was not wholly true to Yahweh his God, as was the heart of David his father. For Solomon went after Ashereth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. So Solomon did what was evil in the sight of Yahweh, and did not wholly follow Yahweh, as David his father had done. When Solomon, then Solomon built a high place for Chemish, the abomination of Moab, and for Molech, the abomination of the Ammonites, on the mountain east of Jerusalem. A quick commentary. Those gods, false pagan gods, required child sacrifice in their worship. And so he did for all his foreign wives who made offerings and sacrifice to their gods. At points in King Solomon's life, we see his earthly glory and rule and wisdom foreshadowing the coming of the glorious mighty king, the king of kings, Jesus. And Solomon, we also see a man who is humble in prayer when he is young. But we also see him tempted by the filth and corruption of the world, his own flesh and the devil. But in all these things, we see the great story of redemption. The story of a great, majestic, and glorious God who saves sinners for Himself and by Himself. We have all sinned and and have fallen short of the glory of God. I call you today to begin taking up your cross daily and walking in obedience to Christ. Indeed, What an amazing Savior we have that would use King Solomon, the king with many great sins, to pen such a beautiful book about God-glorifying marriage and God's love toward His people, Christ's faithfulness, and His love for the church. This book is a romantic book about a husband in marriage in a biblical one man and one woman union. But we also see that it is a portrait for God's love for His people. Quoting the Reformation Study Bible, the song creates within the reader a hope for the fullness of relationship that God intended for men and women in the garden. Ultimately then, Christian interpreters throughout history have not been entirely wrong in reading the work as a revelation of Christ. Only Christ can fully satisfy the longings of human beings for intimacy. And He alone is the one who provides rivers of living water that make it so we are never thirsty again. Please turn with me back to the Song of Solomon. Song of Solomon chapter 2. Song of Solomon, chapter 2, directing your attention to verse 10. 
My beloved speaks and says to me, Arise, my love, my beautiful one, and come away. Arise, my love, my beautiful one, and come away. As a husband who wants to be with his wife, so Christ tells his people that they are his love, his beautiful ones. Dear Christian, you are loved by God. And you are beautiful in His sight. Not for your external adornments, but because of the righteousness of Christ. You are loved, my brethren. Please turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, beginning in verse 22. Wives, submit to your own husbands, As to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives, as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one has ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Brothers, the best model for loving our wives is found in Christ's love For his church. And women, your best model for respecting your husbands is found in the true church's biblical submission to Christ. A man who loves his wife should be mindful of her needs and insecurities. And a woman who loves her husband should be mindful of his needs. We absolutely mess marriage up when we are self-centered, especially in the private areas of marriage, but in God-glorifying intimacy, there is safety, pleasure, comfort, and joy. And we can almost get a taste of the beauty experienced by our first parents in the garden. See, in the garden, man's eyes were opened and they knew that they were naked, that they were exposed. And in a safe marriage, a husband and wife can experience the intimacy that our first parents once did. We as a society have gotten so far from where we should be. Please turn back to Song of Solomon, 
chapter 2. Song of Solomon chapter 2, looking at verse 11. For behold, the winter is past. The rain is over and gone. The winter is past. And the rain is over and gone. Beloved, the time of gloom, coldness, and darkness, and sorrow is over. Because He is here. And He is here with us right now. Looking down to verses 12 and 13. The the flowers appear on the earth. The time of singing has come. And the voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. The fig tree ripens its figs. And the vines are in blossom. They give forth fragrance. Arise, my love, my beautiful one, and come away. It is beautiful outside. The flowers sprout from the ground after the cold season. And you hear the sweet melody of the pleasant little turtle dove singing over the valleys. The changing seasons, the blossoms opening, and the birds singing and all cry out glory. They are praising their Creator. They are doing what they were made to do. The plants, the animals, the birds, the rocks, the fish, the trees give Him glory. And now what about you, my beloved brother and sister? Psalm 29 verse 9 reads, The voice of Yahweh makes the deer give birth and strips the forest bare, and in His temple all cry glory. Verse 14 of second, the second chapter of Song of Solomon. Verse 14. O my dove, in the clefts of the rock, in the crannies of the cliff, let me see your face. Let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet, And your face is lovely. Oh, my dove. Reading the notes from the Net Study Bible. The dove was a common figure for romantic love in ancient Near Eastern love literature. The emphasis seems to be suggested by his use of the term, my dove. Just as the young man heard the voice of the turtle dove, In chapter 2, verse 12, so now he wants to hear her voice. Doves were often associated with timidity in the ancient world. Being virtually defenseless, they would often take refuge in crevices and cliffs for safety. End quote. Dear man and woman in the clefts of the rock, dear brother and sister, hiding yourself through the use of outward and external religion. Or maybe you are hiding yourself, blaming your hiding on the many pressing duties in your life. God says, let me see your face. Yes, you.
Let me see your face, our God says. Let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. The triune God who made, sustains, keeps, sanctifies, and protects you. The God, the only God who has always been and who forever will be, who knitted you together in your mother's womb. Psalm 139, 13. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. The God who is the master of the womb. And the master of the middle-aged. And the master of the aged. And the master of everything in creation. Dear Christian, He says your face is lovely. Have you spent time with your Heavenly Father? Have you prayed to Him? Do you delight in Him? Because He is glorious and wonderful and majestic. Have you caught a glimpse of His glory? I'm not talking about visually. I came out of that nonsense by the grace of God. I'm talking about, (laughs) do you love Him? Because if you have, though the things in this life will beat you down, you know that He will keep you. And your time spent with Him will encourage you, will give you relief. He will keep you strong and going according to His grace, the measure of His grace and His Spirit in you. His Spirit will sustain you in your weakness. And through your pain, my beloved, are we like Moses who wanted to see the glory of God? My brother and sister, do you want to know our great and amazing and all-powerful God? Have you shown Him your face? Robert Murray McShane once said, I ought to pray before seeing any man. I feel it is far better to begin with God to see His face first. To get my soul near Him before it is near another. Most days, I have failed to do this. To pray to God and read my Bible before the start of my day. But I encourage you, to let Him see your face every single day. For the Bible instructs us in Psalm 1 that blessed is the man who meditates in the law of Yahweh day and night, morning and evening, every day. Dear friend, let Him see your face. Of course, He sees your face. But go and be with Him. Think about Him throughout the day. Love Him more than your spouse, your children, your grandchildren. 
the pleasures in this life, and even yourself. The Baptist Catechism instructs that God is the first and chiefest being. And since God is number one, the only God, the ruler, creator, sustainer, and all-powerful, go before Him. Please turn with me to Revelation 19. Revelation 19, directing your attention to verses 6 through 9. Revelation 19, looking at verses 6 through 9. Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters, like the sound of mighty peals of thunder, crying out, Hallelujah! For the Lord, our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give Him the glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and His bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure. For the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. And the angel said to me, Write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the true words of God. If you are a Christian, then you are a part of Christ's church. Christ's universal church from all ages. We are the bride of Christ from those in heaven right now to those who will be born in generations to come. And we have a glorious groomsman. And his name is Jesus, Prince of Peace and Lord of Lords. And he beckons you to come, for your voice is pleasant and your face is beautiful. That applies to all Christians, even you men. Your kinsman, Redeemer, Loves you, church. Please look back at the Song of Solomon, chapter 2. Song of Solomon, chapter 2. Looking at verse 15. Catch the foxes for us, the little foxes that spoil the vineyards, for our vineyards are in blossom. Catch the foxes. Have you caught the foxes? Remove them. Remove the little distractions that are so little, so small in light of our glorious God. Remove the excessive text messaging, video games, movies, social media, even book reading, social events, and sports games. Catch the foxes. Catch the foxes of worry, anxiety, work in various duties, and some of them are profitable. But some of them keep our, our, our focus off Christ. But my fellow brothers who are elders, we have to be mindful of that. It's easy to get going through the motions at times, but have we come before God? From the homemaker to the business person, 
from the pilot to the medical personnel, hold every thought captive to obey Christ. For this fox's spoil, for the fox's spoil and ruin and mess up the vineyards, the time to worship God is now. Do not let anything else, I mean anything else, take that time from you. Mom, with many children and a home to clean, don't let the little foxes distract you from spending time with Christ. Older person who's maybe in discomfort or who may be caring for a loved one, do not let the foxes spoil your vineyard. Student with an incredibly demanding schedule, pressing papers, assignments, labs, exams, duties, catch the little foxes. Delivery driver on your route, dealing with rude clients, worldly coworkers, bad traffic, and long hours, catch those foxes. Lock them up. Elder dealing with the challenges of life and ministry that crush you and break you down, catch the foxes. For your vineyard is in blossom. The time for you to be with God is not maybe tomorrow, not next week, next month, next quarter, next year, not a decade from now, but now and today and every day for the rest of your life. The stage is prepared. And the scene is set. Our great God is always there for you because He loves you. He loves you. Looking at verse 16. My beloved is mine, and I am His. He grazes among the lilies. My beloved is mine, Jesus is mine. Can you say that? I'm not asking about perfection or total love because no one is perfect and no human can offer limitless love. But do you want Him? And as R.C. Sproul said, do you want Him just a little? And I add, if you want Him, a little, spend time with Him. And I believe that your affection for this world, the affection for the cares of this present age, will lessen. And your desire, your perspective, your love, and your vision for God will be greater. Jesus is mine, and I am His. We were chosen and saved by God. Ephesians 1.4 Even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him. And we know that we will be kept until the end. And we have a helper. The paraclete, the great Holy Spirit who empowers us in this life to live in obedience to Christ. To 
to speak from personal experience. My attitude used to be, Christ, I know I will follow you. And sometimes that obedience is important. But (laughs) you begin to delight in doing his will. And you see it's not just for his glory, it is for his glory. But his love is so wonderful it's for my good it's for your good some people may say don't cry preacher just stick to the words I'm telling you about our great God if you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ I call you to turn from your wrongdoing and believe upon him that he being truly God and truly man, came to save sinners from their rebellion against God. We deserve damnation forever because of the sin of our first father Adam and because of our continuous sin. But the better Adam, the Lord Jesus Christ, purchased salvation. Dear sinner, Dear beloved person, dear precious soul, may you be able to say with the church of the living God, my beloved is mine, and I am his, for Jesus is mine. And insert your name, Susan, Fred, Steve, whoever you are, Jesus is mine, and I am his. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for Jesus. Father, we thank you for our groomsmen. We thank you for the Song of Solomon. So many in our age stay away from. Lord, I I pray for salvation of many, but I also pray for marriages here. Lord, that there will be safety and, and healing and comfort and peace and love and respect, that you bless the married coupled from the most aged to the youngest. As true marriage gives God glory, and true love is a picture of the love that you have shown us. Save all that are yours. We love you, Lord. We love you, Father. We love you, Son. We love you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.